You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast with Amy Green Smith, episode 468. You can find information on anything referenced in this week's episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP468. There. Check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing or your partner asks what's bothering you and you respond with a bold-faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green-Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be solo, other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy-to-implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth. Yes! Well, hello, pod people. Amy here. It is that time of the year again, the time when it is supposed to be all about gratitude and good tidings and trying to not lose your ever-loving mind around your fucking family. Am I right? How many of us have to be around individuals in our family who for all intents and purposes, we aren't that close to, and we maybe see them once a year. Or maybe it is folks that you are close to, but because you've had such a heightened stress level recently or because of recent political happenings, there are conversations that are rife. So if you have hung out with me for any length of time, you will know that every single holiday season, I redo this episode. In fact, there are a handful of holiday-focused episodes that I redo every single year because I think it is so unbelievably important. And it's a time where it can be really filled with lots of nostalgia and amazing memories and things that we genuinely love and enjoy. And it can also be one of the most stressful times, also largely due to our families. So I want to set you up as best as I can for success as you go to engage with your family over the holiday. No matter what holidays you celebrate or don't celebrate, it's likely that you are going to have some kind of boundary or some sort of preparation that's going to be mandatory for you in engaging with folks who maybe you don't always see eye to eye. And if you're anything like me, I can get really worked up and really roused and feel really frustrated and not know what to do with myself. And one thing that I've noticed in doing this work around communication and boundaries and saying no and all of those things over the years is that so many people know how they feel, but they don't know how to properly communicate it. They don't know how to communicate it without losing their shit or hurling insults. And some of us come from families where that's the method of communication, right, is the yelling and the screaming and the fighting. And so there, there's a way in which you may have to be rewriting family dynamics 
and changing how you're responding to certain folks in your family. So this is going to be the start of our holiday series, and I will be coming at you with a couple of different solo episodes around dealing with grief during the holidays, how to manage stress during the holidays. So make sure you tune in. And last series was just a quick two-parter that I did around confidence, and you will definitely not want to miss those two. Lots of great confidence hacks that I think could also dovetail nicely into setting you up for success over the holiday. So let's talk about how to not lose your shit with your family this holiday season. Number one, this is one of the most common assignments that I give to my students and clients anytime they are going into a precarious situation where they need to feel genuinely prepared for what may happen. A lot of times when we are starting to engage with family or preparing to go into an event, we have a really strong idea of what may happen, right? Maybe it's your uncle always says something racist, or your brother always asks for money, or your mom always guilt trips you about being single or divorced or not having kids yet or (laughs) or having too many kids. Like there's stuff that we can typically count on. And I think being able to prepare for that ahead of time, instead of going in there going, I know he's going to ask me for money again, or I know she's going to say that, or he's going to say this, instead of just stopping there, let's prepare for what do I actually want to do with that? So here's the exercise that I want you to do. I want you to take out a piece of paper, and on the left-hand side, I want you to write out all possible, foreseeable situations or statements that may arise that tend to be problematic for you. So could be stuff around politics. It could be stuff around your own personal decisions for your life. Like if you've decided to start your own business and the whole family wants to give you shit about that, or you are single and people nonstop want to talk about that. And here, here's the thing that I want to mention about seeing people that you haven't seen for a long time. A lot of times it doesn't come from a malicious place, but people are just fucking awkward and they don't know what else to say to you except to comment about your relationship status, your work status, or if you have kids or not. Like it's it's like these weird social go-to phrases for people who don't know your the ins and outs of your life. Now, obviously you might be connecting with family members who do know and that you do talk to frequently. But with sort of extended family or larger events, people just don't know what else to fucking say. If they know that you are just going through a divorce, that's what they'll bring up. They'll be like, oh, how's it going with your divorce? Or if they haven't seen you and you've always been single, they'll be like, oh, so are you dating anybody yet? Or, you know, and they might ask things that are really offensive to you but they don't necessarily mean it that way. And you might have family where they do love to do these jabs and these digs, but I do think a majority of the time, people just feel fucking awkward and don't know what else to say and don't know what to bring up. So they will do these ridiculous questions and say these things to you, like, when are you having kids? When you're like, I fucking don't like kids. Leave me alone. (laughs) is my story, as you probably are well aware. So with gearing up, we want to recognize that what people are saying to us, for the most part, it's probably just because it's awkward and people don't know what to 
to say. And so they do go to these socially acceptable that actually aren't that socially acceptable comments, right? So I want you to gear up for this and I want you to prepare. So instead of just going, I know she's going to say this or I know he's going to do that, write it all out. Get it all out on paper. These are all the possible foreseeable situations or statements or conversations that are going to trigger me, either where I know that I want to speak up because you do not want your silence to make you a liar, right? Obviously, we don't want to allow offensive statements to go unmitigated, right? And so in those situations, if I know, for example, that it's highly likely that one of my family members is going to say something that offends me, I know that I want to be able to retort and say, actually, I don't share that opinion and I find that pretty offensive. I'd appreciate it if you didn't say that sort of thing in front of me. Moving on and then changing, kind of changing the subject. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. But I want you to write out, here are all the situations. And then in the right-hand column, I want you to write out how you want to respond. And I want to just say this too from a, from a social justice lens. This is one of the times during the year when we're usually around family who holds different religious or political affiliations. And one of the things that I try to remember is that if I'm around a bunch of folks who are extremely conservative and hold very different views than I do, I want to be the best example of a liberal that I possibly can be. I don't want to give anyone reasons to dismiss me, to write me off, to say that I'm stupid, to say that I don't know what's going on. So for me, it's incredibly important that I remain poised and composed and that I don't hurl insults at anybody else. So just keep in mind that you may be the only person that they know that holds these viewpoints. And what do you, how do you need to show up so that you are the best representation of those particular viewpoints? Now, it could be anything else. Maybe you are, uh, maybe you are super religious and your family is, is not at all. And they razz you about it and they're rude about it. You may be the only person they know who is highly religious, how do you want to show up? What sort of example do you want to be? So it doesn't matter what we're talking about. I think it's about us behaving in a way that we cannot be dismissed, that we cannot be written off, and that really when it comes down to it, we are proud of ourselves that we're proud of how we conducted ourselves. And I'll tell you, as somebody who has very, very strong opinions, there have been many situations where I have flown off the handle and been so mad at myself of how I conducted myself because I did not help the cause. I did not help myself be heard. I didn't help prove a point <laughs> simply because of how I handled myself. So a slight caveat there, all right? writing out all the possible situations, and then writing, how do I want to respond? Now, in, if you've heard me talk about this before, if you come from a family that has a lot of jokes or they're kind of passive aggressive or they oftentimes do jabs, you can use those as a gateway to shut down conversation. So for example, if they always razz you for, let's say, what you choose to consume, they don't like that you're a vegetarian or that you're vegan or whatever. 
and then they make some sort of like snide comment or joke and you go, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that there was a rule about about what we're allowed to eat or not. Or, oh, I'm sorry. Who's the governing body that tells us what we can or cannot eat? No, but on a serious note, that's the caveat is if you do a jab, if you do a sarcasm, because that's how your family operates, you have to follow it up with in all seriousness, though, or all joking aside, though, I don't think really focusing on what I eat is is the best use of our time today. So tell me about how your job's going, how your kid's baseball team is doing. How, change the fucking subject. So you're deciding how you want to respond. And one of the best questions that you can ask yourself is, what do I need to say or do or who do I need to be in order to be proud of myself? So this is a way to kind of future trip. So if you think, okay, I'm going to be at my family's for Thanksgiving on Thursday, on Friday, when I wake up, how do I want to feel about how I conducted myself? What would I need to do or say or be in order for that to happen, in order for me to be able to walk away and go, you know what? I did the absolute best that I could. I conducted myself with grace and kindness. I handled myself with poise. I did not allow any offensive comments to slip by without me saying, hey, I don't agree with that. What is it going to look like for you to walk away saying, I'm completely proud of how I showed up? And I would journal around that and help that fuel your gearing up process. Now, if you really want to prepare, I would take all the things that are in that second column of here's how I'm going to respond, here's how I'm going to reply, or here's what I'm going to do in that situation. Like, for example, if there are a group of folks who are really going off about something that you do not agree with at all, and you're finding yourself getting really hot and really frustrated and wanting to yell and scream, maybe one of the things you know you're going to do is go get some air or excuse yourself and go to the bathroom or go get a, take a quick brisk walk or go outside and do a silent scream <laughs> or any number of things. So what what is it that you need to do so that you are proud of yourself? All right. So then when you have everything in that second column, I want you to rehearse. I want you to act it out. I want you to have the phrases and I want you to choose which ones you feel you could actually say and rehearse them. Rehearse them in the mirror. Specifically rehearse them for your tone of voice. A lot of times we think that just speaking up is enough. But we know that as far as the how we communicate with other folks, the literal words that we say are like 7% of how we communicate. A majority of what is conveyed is through our body language and our tone of voice, our nonverbal and our paraverbal skills. What are you communicating with your tone of voice and your body language, right? If you are incredibly defensive, it's likely that you are going to elicit defensiveness from the other party, which really doesn't help things at all, right? Okay, so number one, you're going to gear up. Number two, before saying yes to anything, before ironing out any plans, I want you to develop your own clear boundaries. And one of the ways to figure out what boundaries need to be set 
is usually by analyzing what are the things that piss me off the most? What are the things that I get triggered by? Okay. Now, some of these things may be conversations that you don't want to entertain that you're going to cover off in number one. But there could also be things around a clear boundary of how long you're willing to stay. You know, maybe there's a boundary around I'm willing to visit, but I'm not willing to spend the night or I'm not going to do any holiday exchanges, gift exchanges. Maybe it's a boundary around amount of effort. Like you feel that because you're the oldest, you are the one who tends to take everything on or you always host because you have the largest house or the family thinks because you're single or because you and your partner don't have kids, you can travel and they're not they're not going to travel because it's just too difficult for them. And that's kind of bullshit, right? <laughs> like everybody matters. Everybody's time and energy needs to be taken into account. So I want you to think about what are those things that trigger me a lot or that piss me off a lot? Those are probably areas for boundaries. For me, I there's boundaries around gift exchanges. Mr. Smith and I decided in after the 2016 election that all of our money <laughs> for holidays were, was going to go to charities that were extremely left-leaning and alignment with our core value system. And I also felt very strongly that nobody in our family was really in need, and I would much rather allocate that money to folks who who genuinely are in need. That was a huge boundary for us because our family didn't really like it. They wanted us to gift exchange and would make little snide comments. And we kind of had to say, hey, this is our decision. We'd appreciate it if you didn't bring it up anymore. It's not something that is, you know, to put you out or as an affront to you. It's a personal ethical decision for us. Right. It could be something around capitalism or, you know, purchasing from small businesses. Right. That could be a boundary that you develop for yourself. It could be around travel. It could be around, uh, uh, like I said, conversations that you will or want, will not entertain. It could be around things that are religious. Like I'm not going to go to any holiday functions that are religious religion themed. Right. Or I'm not going to go to church or I'm not going to go to these things or I'm not going to miss church, even though my family thinks that I should. Right. These are all boundaries that you need to delineate for yourself. Some of it could even be I'm not willing to attend if this other group of the family, (laughs) this other specific nuclear family is going to be in attendance. I'm not asking the host to not invite them or anything like that. I'm just letting you know that that is not a group of individuals who I'm willing to associate with. So you have to really decide for yourself what is okay for you and what is not. So before we continue on, I wanted to ask a quick favor from you. Do you ever listen to the pod, and I think this might happen for you, where you think, damn, I really wish so-and-so could hear this. Maybe it's your coworker who could actually use a lesson or two on boundaries, or maybe it is a women's group that you're a part of where everyone is super on board for speaking up for themselves, but nobody really knows what that really sounds like. Okay, where well, here's where you come in. I have three battle-tested and badass keynote speeches that are ready to be delivered to your company, organization, group, association. So if you, your community, or anyone you know could benefit from me rocking the mic 
like who can use some new tools, right? Please send them over to amygreensmith.com slash speaking where you or they can message me directly about specific needs for the audience. Shocker, the three keynotes are focused around speaking up, contending with fear, and accessing enoughness. And all three of them can be delivered either in person or virtually, and of course, can be completely customized for specific audience needs. So again, simply send them to amygreensmith.com slash speaking, where they can get in touch with me because listen, it is time that women everywhere have the tools necessary to use their voice, take up space, and advocate for their wants, needs, and opinions, like yesterday. And if you end up orchestrating an opportunity for me to speak with your group, you will officially get unlimited squeezes from me. (laughs) And I'm sure you're all in now. And be sure to let them know that I can always temper my... colorful language if needed. And thank you. Before we continue, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And you know I'm a huge fan of therapy. I like to say, if you don't think that you need therapy, then you probably need therapy. Because listen, without a healthy mind, being really, truly happy and at peace can really be a challenge. But the good news is that therapy really does work. So whatever you need help with, it is time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling feeling better, okay? Because you deserve to be happy. Here's the deal. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to be on camera if you don't want to. Hello, introverts. I see you out there. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They have over 20,000 therapists in their network, which gives you way, way more options than your immediate geographical area. And it's also available for clients worldwide. Much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in less than 48 hours. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. In fact, a member of my family just started and totally loves it. It is always a good time to invest in yourself because you deserve it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Bold Face Truth podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash bold truth. That's betterhelp.com slash bold truth or enter the code bold truth at checkout again to save 10% off your very first month. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, now in close tandem, with number two is number three, which is decide on consequences you are willing to enforce. So for example, if you have told your family that you are willing to stop by the house for dessert only, that you're not going to be able to be there for the entire meal, you can be there for a max of one hour, and you get there and because they told you this is about the time when we're going to have dessert, you get there and they haven't even eaten yet. Are you willing to leave? Is that going to be the consequence? Are you going to say, I'm happy to stay for an hour? And that's the limit. Like, what are the consequences that you're willing to enforce? If somebody breaches a boundary around a conversation that you don't want to have and they do it multiple times, are you going to say, 
if you continue to bring up that topic or if you continue to mention my child or how I choose to eat or my job or my religion or my politics or whatever it is, I'm going to leave or I'm going to ask you to leave. What are you willing to do to actually enforce those boundaries? So here's something that I think is worth entertaining. I think that especially around a topic of conversation, giving somebody at least one reiteration of that. So let's say you said, I'm not willing to get into a huge conversation about guns or highly likely on this year's docket is probably abortion. Let's be honest. So maybe you've decided I'm not going to get into a conversation around abortion with certain family members or maybe all of them. Who knows? Because I do think we have certain folks in our life who are really willing even though we have differences of opinions on things, that you can actually have really amazing conversations. I have a a conservative friend of mine who we have the best conversations. So with her, I don't have to boundary up around specific topics because we're respectful of one another and we're able to converse in a really healthy way. Now, there are other folks in my life who absolutely cannot do that. So I shut that down immediately of like, that's not something I'm willing to discuss at this time. I do hope you can appreciate that. I hope you can respect that. You may have to pick and choose who am I willing to talk to about it. So maybe it's a situation where you've told somebody, listen, I really don't want to mar this holiday and this really awesome festive time talking about something that we clearly have polarized opinions on. I would much rather hear about how your job's going or, you know, fill in the blank, really making that effort to change the topic. And then they they try to breach that boundary another time. And they say, yeah, well, she doesn't want to talk about it or blah, blah, blah. And they try to make you wrong about it. You can say, yeah, as I mentioned, I would really appreciate it if you respected that that's not something that I want to discuss. Then you might say, okay, the third time, if I have to remind them again, I'm going to lay down an ultimatum. And I'm going to say, listen, if you bring it up again, I will not say anything else to you all evening, or I will completely ice you out. (laughs) Or, you know, I'm going to have to ask you to leave, or I'm going to ask you to sit in a different room, or I'm going to leave, or I'm going to politely excuse myself, right? Like you might need to say, hey, listen, you might think this is a joke, but this is really serious to me. And the fact that I've brought had to bring this up three times and you continue to not respect that, it feels incredibly dismissive and I'm not going to tolerate that anymore. And you can deliver it exactly like that. And you are allowed to feel how you feel, as am I, but I'm not going to tolerate that sort of behavior any longer or I'm not going to entertain that conversation and I will excuse myself or I will leave or I will ask you to leave, whatever the dynamics are. So I want you to think about what are those consequences and what am I genuinely willing to enforce? Because here's the deal. If you establish a boundary and if you say, here's here's the deal, you bring it up one more time and this is what's going to happen, or I've asked you repeatedly and very kindly and very respectfully, and you have not met me with, with equal respect, right? You say that, you handle your business, and they test you. Again, if you do not follow through on what you said the consequence was, you will be teaching them how to treat you. That will say to them, 
Amy doesn't mean it. So-and-so doesn't mean it. She likes to talk a big game, but when push comes to shove, I know I can still get my way. And let's be honest, we all have somebody in the family who wants to push you around and wants to (laughs) be really dismissive of your opinions or your perspectives. And This is about changing those family dynamics. This is about saying, I'm not going to allow you to treat me like that, and especially not in my own fucking home, (laughs) right? Like that is, that one is huge. For example, if if we were to ever host, which is highly unlikely because none of our family lives geographically close, but we do not pray in our household. So if that was something that somebody wanted to do, they are more than welcome to do that. But that is not what we do in our home because we find most religion to be highly toxic and abusive. So we won't support that. And we have a very specific structure of whoever cooks the food. We all hold hands and say, with love and friendship, we eat this meal. And then everyone's like, here, here, right? That's what we do in this household. So if I'm at someone else's household and that and they do pray, I will respect what they do in that household. Doesn't mean that I believe in it or that I'm actually praying with them, but I'm not going to create some sort of crazy boundary in that situation. I'm going to respect somebody's home. All right, number four, we've kind of been dancing around this a little bit, but know that you do not have to engage in any conversations that you don't want to. It is entirely possible for you to speak up, for you to say, I find that offensive or I'd I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't speak like that around me and still not engage in a full-blown conversation. This also applies to questions that people ask. There's this way in which we think if we're being asked a question, we have to answer. Oftentimes, They will go to the typical topics, right? When are you going to get married? When are you going to settle down? Or when are you going to start having kids? Or what happened with your job? And our instinct is to feel as though we have to answer and justify. You do not. You don't have to do either one. What you can do is shut that shit down in a really kind way. And to say, you know what, to be honest, that's not something I'd really like to discuss. I do hope you can appreciate that or I hope you can respect that. And then you change the motherfucking topic like we've been talking about before. You decline and change the topic. Decline, change the topic. Decline, change the subject, right? Like that, it's, that's the formula. So as you may know, Mr. Smith and I have been together 25 years. Obviously, we got the kid question a lot in the early years. And let me tell you, I did it the wrong way many times, <laughs> being extremely combative. And it wasn't very helpful for those relationships. But to say, you know what, that's not actually something that we're that we want to discuss because you never know. It could be that they're having massive fertility issues. It might not necessarily be that they're child free by choice and you think that's fucking selfish or whatever it is. It could be that they're really struggling or there's some massive medical issues that are happening or there's some sexuality things that they're up against. So nobody knows, right? But again, it's those obligatory comments that when we just don't know what else to say, it's like when you go to like any sort of work function or networking or whatever, what do you ask? What do you do? 
what do you do? That's the only question we seem to know how to ask people. And when we are in holiday situations, it seems to be the same sorts of things around marriage, kids, jobs, and anything surrounding that. And also school, depending on your age. So know that no matter what is brought up, you don't have to discuss it. Now, there can also be situations where everyone in the family knows about something and it's a really painful topic for you. Like maybe it was a miscarriage or maybe it's a divorce or maybe an impending separation or a medical diagnosis that's really challenging. You get to shut down anything that isn't okay for you to talk about. If you are close to somebody who's asking, I would suggest a vulnerable response and to say, to be really honest with you, it's been a really trying season of my life, and I'd really like to not get into it today. I'd rather focus on celebrating. So if you're close to them, if you respect them, if you love them, if you have a close relationship, you can use that more vulnerable response where you're saying, to be honest, it's been awful. And that's why I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) And I hope you understand or I hope you know. And if if this part is true, say this. I will happily talk to you about the details when I'm ready. Right? Again, not all family members deserve that vulnerable of a response. Now, if it's somebody who you're not close to and you don't want to talk about it with them and you don't feel safe with them and you don't think you probably ever will be – or they happen to be one of those folks that really likes the hot goss, right? They want the tea. Then in those situations, you go, you know what? I do not want to talk about that today. I would much rather hear about fill in the blank. What's going on with your job? What's going on with the softball team that you coach? What's going on with uh, your side hustle? What's anything else? Change the fucking topic. Decline, change the topic. So you get to kind of choose how you want to respond. Now, these statements, based off of what I've kind of thrown out here today, this gets to go on your gearing up sheet, right? These could be the potential things that people are going to say that you don't know how to deal with, right? And so in that segment, you might jot down, here's what I'm going to say if someone asks me about the miscarriage or asks me about the divorce, right? You can also, on that gearing up, just a little jump back to number one, you can also do behaviors that are really insidious, that get under your skin. Like if a family member always says something passive aggressive, you can gear up by saying something like, it's almost like you make it a joke so that I can't call you out on it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you can come up with phrases to say like, it's interesting you say that like you're joking, but I get the feeling you're not. Or if somebody says something to you like, oh, you're being too sensitive or too much or you can't take a joke and you go, oh, that's a classic response for people who are uncomfortable with being called out. Or that's a classic response of someone who's just dismissed how somebody else feels. I really don't appreciate that. Girl, I am ready for all of that shit. (laughs) It also helps that I have uh, a whole arsenal of examples from past students and clients who've shared with me, how do I deal with this? How do I deal with that? So I have come up with a retort for almost everything, but that is what is going to be on you 
to write down in your gearing up sheet and rehearse so that you're ready to handle this, okay? Because there's nothing worse than when we're caught off guard. And when we're caught off guard, what do we do? We go into our sympathetic nervous system. We feel a sense of threat. We go fight, flight, freeze, fawn, right? So that means we become combative. We run away. We uh, just stand there and do nothing. Or we people please. And, And we try to make them like us, right? So Instead of triggering that response, let's gear up so that we're adequately prepared for that. Okay, number five, I want you to choose your focus. What do you want your holiday to truly be about? This is really about setting your intention. This is making clear, definitive boundaries so that the holiday season looks the way you want it to look. A lot of times, the reason why it is so full of stress and frustration is because we've gotten ourselves guilted into obligatory things that we don't want to participate in. We're driving long distances or we're flying with our children or we're buying a bunch of shit for people we don't ever talk to or we're spending our money in ways we don't want to or we're prepping our home to invite a shit ton of people in when we would much rather be taking a cruise. Those are your decisions to make. Those are your boundaries to enforce. That's why I think taking a quick little inventory of all the things that piss you off or really highly trigger you, there's probably a boundary there for you to set, okay? So it could also be advantageous for you to look back at last holiday and go, what stressed me out the most? What infringed on the holiday being what I really wanted it to be. Like if we were to wave a magic wand and said, okay, November through January, what do you want? What sort of adjective would you want to describe what your holiday was like? Festive, uh, hanging out with like-minded people. Would it be celebratory? Would it be spiritual? Would it be individual? Right. Like I had a friend back in California who every fucking holiday, he and his girlfriend would book a cruise and they just cruised around and just tapped the fuck out of holiday (laughs) and had the best time. And for them, it was relaxation. It was escape. It was freedom. It was 100 percent on their terms. So if we could remove the guilt trips and the obligations and the, well, this is how it's always been, or this is what we do in my family, if we could remove all of that, what would your holiday look like for you? And get really clear on what that means. Choose your focus. What do I want to focus on? Do I want it to be about philanthropy? Would I much rather be volunteering my time or money at uh, soup kitchens or helping out with the homeless population or whatever it happens to be? Would you much rather be doing that? Would you rather be helping with with like a children's choir instead of baking like crazy? Would you, you know, like let's figure out what is my focus? What does this really mean to me? What are my priorities for the holiday season? And all of your answers are correct. Okay. If it was up to me, 
<laughs> if it was up to me and I didn't actually have to consider Mr. Smith, <laughs> it would be pretty isolated. Like I love it just being the two of us or with with friends. I love having friends. And as far as family is concerned, there are just a couple of them that I would actually like to see over the holiday. And being that we're geographically not close, it definitely works out in my favor. But just know, whatever you want, if it's the introverted version of holiday, you are allowed to want that. Again, that could be a very, very good boundary to establish. I tend to be sort of an outgoing introvert. I love being around people, but it never fuels me. It never energizes me, ever. It depletes me. So I have to watch how much do I actually say yes to that's incredibly social. And then one of my boundaries may need to be, okay, if we have all of this going on on this day, I cannot do it again the next day. Like if we do your family this day, I I cannot do mine the next. I have to have at least some solitude or some downtime in between. So those are boundaries you might need to consider. All right. So number five is choose your focus. Number six, set up aftercare that is related to taking care of yourself, okay? If you know that using your gearing up sheet and establishing your boundaries and reiterating your boundaries and enforcing them and all of those things are going to drain you and take every every amount of poise that you have, Set up some sort of aftercare. So make sure you're not doing something really stressful right after that. Make sure that you're scheduling in talking to your coaches or your therapist or or a trusted advisor, your wise counsel. Make sure you're doing something relaxing, that you're not just going, 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 that you're actually taking some time to rest and sleep and recharge Make sure that you're tending to your own financial needs. Make sure that you're attending to sleep, y'all, taking care of that rest. A couple things you can think about is if you're going to need to vent. So setting up a, a session with your therapist or, you know, my best friend and I will do a thing where we we send each other these voice messages and say, all right, I need to tell you all the things I'm mad at. And then we kind of put it in a nice little venting container and we just splurge it out. And then we can move on so that we're not residing in this place of negativity or frustration. That's a great method of aftercare, right? Self-care in some way. Now, that now I'm not talking about necessarily bubble baths and, and that type of stuff. I'm talking about what you really, really need to come down or to heal after a difficult family interaction. What does that mean for you? Do you need to be around specific people who you feel really safe with or held or seen? Do you need to isolate and be by yourself? Do you need rest? Do you need massages? Do you need to vocalize and get that out with friends or colleagues or trusted advisors? So figure out what will I likely need the most after I engage with my family? And set up that aftercare so that you are taken care of. 
All right. So let's do a quick recap on how to not lose your shit with your family this holiday. Number one, gear up. Write out those probable situations and then how you are going to handle them and then you rehearse it. Number two, develop your very clear boundaries. Number three, decide on your consequences that you are willing to enforce. Number four, know that you do not have to engage in any conversations that you do not want to. That includes answering questions that you have been asked. Number five, choose your focus. What is holiday going to be about for you on your terms? Number six, set up self-care aftercare if you know that it's going to be a stressful situation. Even if it's not overly stressful, but you know it's just a lot because you're introverted, that will call for some aftercare. So just advocate for yourself and your own needs. Now, if you need nuance around a lot of this stuff, we will link in the show notes to tons of boundary episodes that I've done, series on boundaries that I've done, how to have tough conversations, how to say no, how to speak up for yourself without being a dick. There have been tons that I've done specifically on this so that if you are gearing up and you're like, oh, I need to know how to say this differently or I need to know what to say if someone says something offensive, I'll give you just like the quick, easy way is just to say, you know what? I don't share that opinion. You say that or you say, to be honest with you, I find that really offensive. And then you say, make your request. I'd appreciate it if you didn't say that in front of me. I truly hope you can understand. And then you change the subject, right? Done and done. Okay. So there you have it. I'm hoping this is helpful. I hope it helps you mitigate some of the stress that's incurred over the holidays. And next week, we are going to be digging into dealing with grief during the holidays. And don't tune out if you're like, well, I haven't lost anyone. I'm not talking about just loss. I'm talking about if you've dealt with a difficult diagnosis, if you are grieving a a job that maybe you lost or a promotion that you lost or dealing with any element of grief. And kind of spoiler alert, I think most of us are in some way, (laughs) grieving something, even if it's grieving what your body looked like the last time you saw these individuals. That's a big thing for us to carry, right? That's a big thing for us to navigate. So please be sure to tune in next week and I will see you around these parts at that time. So please remember you are enough, your voice matters. So go out there and speak the bold face truth. Peace. wait, 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 just one more thing. So these podcasts, it turns out, don't actually rate and review themselves. So I would be over the moon if you would leave a review, rate the show, subscribe, and tell anyone you know who needs to start speaking the fuck up for themselves. And if you do, I will give you a mini pig. Just kidding. But I will be so very incredibly grateful. Okay, thank you. Bye.